Welcome to Modern Marketing Messages, the leading podcast discussing the latest and greatest in both online and offline marketing tactics, strategies, and trends. I'm your host, Taylor Carr, marketing content writer at AmericanEagle.com. In this episode, we're going to explore local SEO or local search engine optimization. To do that, I am joined by Kevin Williams and Dan Drucker, two of AmericanEagle.com's SEO experts. Kevin and Dan, welcome. And can you both introduce yourselves as well as what your role is and a little bit about what your day-to-day responsibilities are here? Sure, Dan. Why don't you go first? <laughs> I would be happy to. I am. My name's Dan. I'm a senior digital marketer here at American Eagle. I'm also a lead on the SEO team. I've been doing digital really since 2005 in a variety of different ways, from local SEO to what we're going to talk about today, but supporting web development, standard SEO, PPC, social media, a variety of different things. In terms of the work that we do here, both Kevin and I are really trying to lead SEO operations and fine tune them to really make the program more efficient. And one of the things that we're leading into is how do we break out programs that focus on local search? So we're very excited to be here to talk about this today. Uh, we're very excited to you know share our knowledge and you know have this conversation. Kevin? Yep, my name's Kevin Williams. I'm also a team lead on the SEO team at AmericanEagle.com. And really, we're just trying to take care of all the different staff and SEO team members and make sure that they're up to speed in the latest and greatest SEO practices and that we're streamlining and developing processes in order to best serve our clients and optimize their websites for search engines. I'm really excited to talk about local SEO. It's really where I got my start as an SEO and digital marketer. I worked at a chain of local mattress stores as my first job. Which one? Uh, Back to Bed, who then took over the betting experts. Mm. All right. And they were actually a client of AmericanEagle.com in the early 2000s. And after a few moves uh, to different companies after that, I joined AmericanEagle.com. So I'm happy to be here. Happy to be talking to you about local SEO. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for today's episode as well because I you know, don't know much about local SEO as, you know, Kevin, who has been leading our team and our website on the local SEO front. He's certainly been helping us. So to get this episode started, I want to just kind of set the stage in general and talk about what is local SEO. That's a question for us. What is local SEO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably a variety of ways to define local SEO. Yes. But in my opinion, one of the things uh, that really defines local SEO is leaning into the way that the main searchers operate now. They are pretty much always going to default to a location-based results, uh, own that, live into it, take advantage of it, and that's local SEO. Okay. Yeah, I would just say local SEO is more oriented to the intention of the user to find something local. So for the most part, the way that we identify kind of those keywords or those types of searches is uh, by a near variation or a city variation, zip codes, states, United States, other things like that. And what that does is it triggers with Google a response in that they provide additional results that are more localized. And that's both in the organic results as well as uh, the map pack where you feature the business listings uh, from Google as well. And so why is it important for businesses to take control of their local SEO and ensure that they you know, have a great local SEO strategy in place? Well, I think all companies can take advantage of local SEO and, and to a certain extent, but especially for a business that's servicing a specific geography, it's essential to their success online. Yeah. 
there's a lot of things that they can do to take advantage of everything that Kevin just laid out in terms of the keyword research and, and leading into those local terms is a must have, and we have to do it on the website, but there are other tactics that can help them uh, achieve success on local. For example, Google has launched their Google business listings, claim those, optimize them. Bing has a business listing. Yelp has a business listing, Facebook business pages. All of this plays into the local side of being discovered online. So there's a variety of different ways to lean into local um, in addition to the standard SEO that Kevin was talking about. Yeah, I would just reiterate though that all businesses, uh, it's important to optimize for local SEO. And the reason for that is that it defends your brand name. Okay, can uh, you elaborate that yeah, a little bit? So, when you think about your business brand name and how you rank for that, most of the backlinks to your site are for your brand name. Mm -hmm. Like it'll say the name and then it'll link website or whatever. Yeah. So those types of backlinks reinforce your brand, right? And what we see, you know, very often is that when we will do local listing backlinking, it'll greatly improve your own brand rankings. Okay. And for new websites in particular, if you do the local listing uh, distribution and backlinking, almost immediately, like overnight, you can see that change of their brand name in search engine result pages. And then as you kind of develop a lot of those pages, like Dan was talking about, whether it's your Google business listing or um, these other peripheral sites like Yellow Pages or Apple Maps, that continues to reinforce that you are a local business, that this is the name of your business and this is your, your location. And so when people do type in your brand name, then you continue to take over more of the spots mm. and you continue to ensure that nobody else can take those spots because all of these different properties are taking up that space. Okay. You're in essence, yeah. I mean, you're almost yeah. kind of developing an ecosystem for Google to understand. And a lot of times aspects of those ecosystems can appear on a SERP result and you almost own a good majority of that real estate when you follow local local search best practices. And I think what Kevin's also re referring to, you know, we get these links back from these business directories. Another aspect of local search is NAP and citation management, name, address, and phone name, mm -hmm. phone number. Because that making sure that's consistent, as Kevin was alluding to, is a ranking factor for local search. If we have inconsistencies in the name, say for example, you your business name is Widgets, but it appears on some profiles as Widgets Inc. Okay. Right. Yeah. This the the spiders could get confused and actually suppress both sets of that information. So having that consistent information being uh, appearing on all of those profiles is a very significant factor in local search results. Oh, interesting. And we kind of talked a little bit about this in your previous answer. You said there's like Bing Places, Apple Maps, Google Business Profile. Can we talk a little bit more about Google Business Profile and how Google has you know, change to better localize the results for those searchers. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll start with this one. Kevin, please fill in. But I mean, the reality is Google doesn't want users to leave their platform. <laughs> I mean, that's just beyond. I mean, that's how they make money with all with, with everything they're doing. And Google or bust. Yeah, Google or <laughs> bust. I mean, and, you know, they now have the it was business. Now it's business listing. It used to be Google My Business. Even back in right. the day, it used to be place pages. But was the whole idea was to enhance user experience. I mean, Google's mission, organize all the information in the world, make it you know accessible to all the users. So their idea is like, why don't we build these profiles of all these local businesses and get them up front and center on, on our search results? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll be honest, in my experience, and I've been doing local, like I said, for the last seven to eight years, I've seen fully built out Google, my, or Google business listings that are optimized and active 
outrank websites. Really? Mm -hmm. In general, they outperform websites yeah. too, yeah. because what are you doing? You're limiting the options of the user to getting directions or viewing the menu or calling the business. It's almost like, it's like you're asking for the sale before you even get to the website. Okay. You know? So yeah. with local SEO, it's more efficient. Mm -hmm. Google Maps was deployed in 2005, and really it's a solution uh, for a problem. How do you quickly connect users with businesses and get them to contact them? Because really, they didn't want to keep on serving up web pages that didn't align with that mm -hmm. when the solution is so simple. And so, you know, why is it important? You know, why is it important to update your Google business profile, that sort of thing? It's multiple fronts, but at the end of the day, it's a much more efficient way to convert your visitors to sales, either through the phone or directions, especially as a local business. Mm -hmm. So you said you've been doing local SEO for the last seven or eight years. When was this kind of, you know, becoming more important for Google? Was it because Google decided, you know, it was going to be this Google or bust kind of thing? Like I want, you know, to be able to serve up the best results for every internet user or when did, you know, local SEO become so prominent? I, I think Google has always been moving in this direction ever since they launched maps into the place pages and Google My Business and now Google Business Listings. Yeah. I mean, reality is Google does, I mean, they're, they're, they're in it to make money. They don't want people leaving their platform to, you know, get the information yeah. that they need. So mm -hmm. the whole idea is, especially when you talk about intent in a local business, I mean, you were mentioning, you don't have much, much familiarity with it, but, you know, when was the last time you actually called a pizza shop and went to their website to get the number? You do a search on Google, yeah. pizza near pizza me, near click me. the call. Yeah. Uh -huh. Google understands that user experience. Yeah. There's no need to go to the website. Yeah, that's and a it, great point. It's probably a bad idea to actually send them to the website right. because then maybe they don't call. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe they don't points. like the look of your pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have bad pictures and your pizza doesn't look good. Right. <laughs> so kind of going a little bit further into Google business profiles, what are some like listing optimizations people can do so that their business, you know, say, yes, they do already have a Google business profile, but what are a few optimizations that people can do to show up higher on the search engine results pages? So the first, the first tip I give is to make sure you have information in every section of the profile. Okay. Don't leave things empty because when Google scans those profiles and sees empty sections, it's just going to consider it not complete and maybe inactive. One of the most basic ones I see all the time is companies forget to add when that location opened up. That Ooh, information yeah. is very simple. Like, when did it open? Let's add it in there. Um, I would say though, the biggest opportunity that I see when it comes to Google listings outside of you know images and posts and all that stuff is the service area. One thing that's really powerful about the Google listings is that they allow businesses to list up to 20 cities in and around their location that they service. Wow. The only rule around that, it has to be within a two hour drive of that location. So a lot of times when I go into business listings, I see either the service area left blank or they just put in the city that they're in when technically they're trying to build relevancy in their city and the cities around them. Yeah. So that would be one of the major things to look into is that make sure you populate that location list and make sure they're all within a two hour drive. That's a great tip. Yeah. And I would just say, you know, the categories of the listing that determines whether or not you're kind of included in a grouping of popular keywords. So they have different business categories, whether it's a pizza place mm. or a burger restaurant, yeah. you want to make sure that you're you're included in that. And then there's a, there's a bunch of other things that you can do to update update the listing. And what I would say is that this is really like your direct 
uh, connection with your customers on a local level. So you should consider really investing the time in it. For example, uh, you can put a video on there and it could be a video speaking directly to the customers that are searching for your brand name. And on mobile, that often comes up first. That's just one example. There's yeah. question and answers. There's obviously, you wanna get reviews. We generally see a single review um, have equal out to more than another phone call every month. Really? Um, hmm, so it's residual income. As you generate more reviews, there is a little bit of a diminishing return after about 15 or 20 reviews. But if you don't have any, that's really limiting the exposure of your Google business listing. You want to ensure that you at least have a good amount of reviews or a competitive level of reviews compared to other uh, businesses in the area. And that really drives the engagement level. And really what, what we've seen from a technical kind of background standpoint with business listing optimization is that the engagements are actually what matters versus um, what's the content on the actual listing. Okay. For example, we have you know monitored uh, loops of interactions with business listings to be able to tell whether or not we're affecting rankings of, of those listings. And what do you mean by loops? So we'll pretend we're in one area yeah. over and over and over again and interact with the Google business listing okay. to see how that interaction affects its rankings. And it does affect the rankings, right? So the effect of that is that Google has sculpted a map that is not a circle. It is a map based upon how users engage with the businesses in their local areas. So if they're on the other side of the highway and they don't go to the other side of the highway, that Google listing doesn't show up as well over there, right? Okay, um, wow. Other things like that. So it is very much oriented to engagement. So we would encourage you know, soliciting for reviews from your customers, replying to reviews, issuing thank you statements, making uh, the customer experience more of an experience, right? Yeah. And highlighting the positives there. That's something that we did a really good job of at Back to Bed and Betting Experts is we're the number one reviewed mattress company and constantly talking about, you know, a positive experience and better sleep and a better sh shopping experience and, you know, returns and all these different yeah. guarantees and other things like that. And that's like what this is an opportunity to do is to speak directly to those customers and to be able to post. It really should be a social engagement. You can post videos, you can post announcements, events, other things like that all on your Google listing. And that will then actually populate onto your branded search. And now we're seeing it populate onto non-branded searches as well that are related to that. Um, wow, there's so much that goes into that that I would not even think about. Yeah, I think I think your point of it looking at it as a, a social piece is is very smart because if you look at the Google business profile, I, I also call it an extension of your website, bringing the content over. But if you look at it, it does have all of those features on it from you know your basic business information, you can have your latest news, but it has that client engagement aspect yeah. of it. And you know, I, I can't agree more with the idea of review acquisition. It's a it's a huge, huge piece because it, not only is it great to get those reviews coming in, but you mentioned briefly review responses. It's another way to keep the profile active. It's yeah. ways to add key terms to to the profile. 
activity when it's all built out is the driver. I think you just kind of emphasize that too. It's like you have to be active on it. And that's why those who really lean into the local search, they look at it as a view as an extension, maybe their website, their social profile. But when they're creating content elsewhere, they're finding ways to repurpose it and getting it onto these additional listings because you know it's just going to expand the reach. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all great points. So we've talked about, you know, Google business profiles and the other business listings that you can use. But where does your own website fit into the local SEO equation? You know, things like your store locator or your location pages, things like that. That's a that's a great question. I know you're, you've done a lot of work on store locators. You want to take that one? Yeah, sure. So I think that it depends on the mm-hmm. business, right? Some businesses are all local oriented. So maybe even your homepage may be something that would be a local oriented page um, and maybe some of your other category pages. But in general, when we think about a website and the local oriented pages on it, we're talking a little bit more about the store locator Um, and the store locator. You know, you type in your zip code, you type in, you know, your city or something like that. It finds the nearest location. Um, We see a lot of mistakes on store locators, though, and they don't have, for example, they don't have store location pages, like individual store location pages, and it'll just be like, so like if a you, list or something. Yeah, like you type in you know, your zip code and then you try and click on that individual store and they don't have a page for that store. Yeah, exactly. That's not really great local SEO. What we would love to see is your website reflecting how people are looking for things on a local level. So that store locator may be oriented to the general near me term or the main location. Mm -hmm. But then we would encourage you having state level pages speaking to the state level orientations of those keywords. Even county pages help reinforce your location pages and your state level pages. They're not as popularly searched, but they're another reinforcement of that. And then we would encourage individual store location pages. And what that does when you kind of breadcrumb and link them together and enhance these pages is it it's covering your bases for the way different ways that people are, are searching yeah. uh, locally. That makes sense. And then you're internally linking and reinforcing those rankings between the pages as well. In terms of store location page optimization, it's a lot of things that are oriented to trust and differentiation of the store location page. And that really goes back to the mid to late 2000s when all of these yellow page companies were going out of business and switching to digital. And so they had all of the category, location, business, business data, and were able to spin up these websites very quickly for uh, those keywords, right? But they weren't very unique. Yeah. So what Google did is they came out with a lot of different trust factors. And these play into a lot of the trust factors that we see outside of local SEO now too. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, what are the trust factors that you're talking about right now? Yeah, So you think about, well, regularly updated content such as reviews, right, Mm -hmm. or uh, questions and answers. You think about things that, you know, the yellow page sites might not have, such as cross streets or major landmarks in the area or unique descriptions of the business and the store manager, different offers at the local level. And there's there's ways that you can dynamically, you know, populate some of these elements and that sort of thing. But what we would encourage you to do is to think about your store location pages almost like a homepage in its detail in that you're providing not only, you know, up top. It's it's kind of like 
you know, biz- business up front, uh, fun in the back. Yeah. Party in the back. <laughs> yeah. Old, like a mullet. Like a mullet. <laughs> mullet. Yeah. yeah, I got you. <laughs> Store location pages are like mullets. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want the phone number and the directions and the map and, you know, the image of your business up top. Those are the primary reasons they're coming to the page. Yeah. They want to get directions. They want to call the business. But then after that, there should be a slew of information about the product categories that or service categories that you're offering and they should be linked to your key category and service and product pages right we should be talking about the location itself there should be local events all of these things tend to build up to uh, a point where you dominate locally and and wow. it's it's much easier to dominate locally than it is nationally right yeah yeah yes it is and, and just to add to that i mean uh, everything Kevin is saying spot on, especially about the content, about local events, uh, business partnerships and all that. When yeah, that content, neighborhoods. Yeah, when, when that content appears on location pages, again, when the spiders crawl it, it helps Google understand the geography that this page is relevant to. Mm-hmm. So when searchers in that geography begin to look, it has a better chance to pop up. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand. So, Kevin, you kind of mentioned, you know, when we talked about store locator pages, some of the mistakes that people make when on their store locator pages. But what are some other common mistakes businesses make, you know, with, in you know, making their listings or either designing their location pages or store locator pages? They'll add like one photo and then leave it there for two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a pretty common one. one yeah, that, it should be treated like a social engagement. Right, right? Yeah, like you said, consistently updating everything. and Yeah, and like a lot of businesses, they're so focused on the national level that they forget about their local chains and yeah. all the really important things that these local chains are doing, whether it be charitable events or community involvement these are the types of things that can be a press release that can link back to your store location page that can, again, re- continue to reinforce your brand, continue to reinforce uh, your local rankings. So in general, the way that we market and treat national brands is also kind of how we should market and treat um, social brands. It's just the properties are a little bit or national brands or is how we would market local brands. It's just yeah. the properties are a little bit different mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. we would use, but we would encourage that level of depth and involvement yeah. uh, to be able to truly dominate. Yeah. 100% spot on. The one thing I will add, because it's the one of the most common errors I've seen in location pages, especially if they're trying to drive foot traffic, is that they will link to a standard address in Google Maps compared to linking to directly to their Google business listing. Okay. That would be one of those quick fixes. Again, yeah, you know, by yeah. creating that connection, you're helping Google understand the network you're trying to create. Yeah, that's a great tip. And I'm like trying to think back about our website and I'm like, oh, I got to go tell mm-hmm. Rex this. <laughs> Make sure. <laughs> yeah, every embed of, of your Google business listing is a backlink to that Google business listing, thus right. reinforcing its mm-hmm. rankings. Yeah, right? wow. And then kind of vice versa, right? We want to link from the Google business listing back to that individual store location page to kind of link back and forth. As you develop additional location pages, why not embed that map again? That's another backlink back to it. Mm-hmm. Why not reference your store location page as you kind of develop another uh, localized uh, information page to help reinforce that? Wow, guys, my the gears are really going in my head right now about all the things that I think I'm like, oh, we could do this, we could do that. 
So another question I wanted to ask you guys are what are some best practices that, you know, we talked about a few common mistakes. What are the best practices for your store locator or Google business listing? Talk Updated images we talked about, yeah. right? We talked about customer reviews and we glossed over it. Yep. What I would say is everybody should have some way of automating that, especially in a larger scale, right? Yeah. So there's automated emails for that where you would, you know, automatically get an email and it would review me on my choice of options here, including yeah. Google. That's um, a good idea. Following up with your customers on a personal level as well. Mm -hmm. It goes a long way to get a personal note and a thank you, especially when you're getting thanked by like two different people from the business and they're actually thankful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's a mix between personal and automated. Yeah. I think there. Uh -huh. Relevant business information. Obviously, you want to make sure that everything is 100% accurate and correct. Double check all the numbers, double check all the addresses, make sure they map correctly. I managed about 4,000 different locations. And what I would say is that the address is not correct about two to three percent of the time, even mm. when they have the correct address. It just doesn't map right. Really? You know, on okay. Google Maps. Yeah. So you have to just double check these things and ensure that you have the correct information right at the get go. And you said a lot about like directions and how detailed are those directions supposed to get on your, say, your location page? Say, you know, we do on Fire Displays headquarters. How detailed are those directions supposed to get? So what I've used in the past, it would be known locators around it. So we're like, we're in Des Plaines. We're right by the tollway and by the local casino. That's way, that, I mean, you might have to script it than that, yeah. but that's the way to kind of Think place about your location. It. So if, if it's known landmarks around the office, you want to reference those on your page. Yeah, I think that's the most user-friendly way of doing it as well. I would focus on what's easiest. Yeah. And it's usually like cross streets from mm -hmm. a major landmark or okay. a major highway or something similar to that. So just to backtrack to your other question about like best practices, yeah. you know, everything he's talking about is spot on. I do like to break things down into like steps. And I think the the nap and citation management is one of those first things is making right. sure your listings are correct and that naming convention is there. Two, I think as you play with these other profiles, Google Business, Yelp, or whatnot, you have to monitor the analytics and see which one is actually driving the, act the desired activity. Because from there, you're going to probably adjust your distribution plan. I mean, if you're not getting any type of activity from Yelp and you're seeing things double down in Google My Business or Google Business Listings and Facebook, you're going to want to adjust that distribution plan moving forward. Mm -hmm. So I think these are the things you have to think about, but it does start with how do I get my listings out there? How do I get my name consistent? And then start playing with these profiles to see which one's going to move the needle for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question that I'm just personally curious about. And I know both of you, you know, kind of manage the SEO department. But do you guys find yourself spending a lot of time with your clients on the local SEO side? Or is it kind of just a mix or dependent on the client kind of stuff? I think it depends a lot more on the client. Honestly, we usually will go through an early refresh because it's a quick win for mm -hmm. SEO. I would like to get more into the local, local SEO site. in general yeah. for all of our clients. So I, I think that if you can send us a message, let's do a local <laughs> SEO analysis for you. Uh, we would love to get into it. We love discuss. the subtle American Eagle .com plugs on the podcast. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I think local SEO is, I mean, yeah, I'd like to do more of it. I also think it is one of those paths of least resistance for customers. You haven't even alluded it. It's much easier to win on the local side than on the national yeah. side. Mm -hmm. So when I see a new customer come in and I, you know, I look at our 
uh, SOWs and what they've signed up for, I'm looking at it at a project like, how am I going to build a digital ecosystem for this person? And does local have a place in it? And if local does, if I see a local business, I'm usually starting with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. A lot of times there's a lot of low hanging fruit mm -hmm. to optimizing business listings. And then with Yext or another service like that, we can pretty quickly automate the distribution of the listings and optimize them from there. Um, it's not a lot of time, you yeah. know, to be able to kind of get to a good place uh, and get started. It's just taking the taking that and then running with that and, you know, dominating from mm -hmm. there is what really takes a lot more time. Mm -hmm. And that involves more of the social aspects of it and um, posting videos, team photos, you know, planning out events, planning out a calendar of engagement similar to a social calendar. That's the type of thing we would encourage on, on the local SEO side. A lot of times we do the initial run through and optimizations and, and that sort of thing. We, we'd like to work with a lot more clients, I think, on long-term calendars for local SEO yeah. and um, really making it a focus. So if you're focused on local SEO, you know, let us know. That's great. <laughs> and you talked a little bit about Yex, but are there any other, you know, quick tips that listeners can do right after this episode to kind of, you know, push the needle in the right direction on their local SEO? Definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, we, we, we have talked about Yex, but there's ones that you can that still require manual updates. Mm -hmm. Like even though Yex is connected to Google My Business yeah. or Google Business List, and you have to go and update it manually. I would go out and make sure you have those main ones claimed and optimized right from the start from Google, Yelp. Uh, the Bing, the Facebook business page, and you also might have some niche directories as well. Yeah, that would be my my first tip to begin. Like, which ones out there that I can grab now for free, can claim, can build out, and let's start with those. Okay, yeah, and that's a great. I'll just say, make sure you're downloading the Google Business app. You know, stay connected with mm -hmm. your your clients directly that way. There's a lot of tools to be able to you know measure local results in different ways. Give some suggestions. <laughs> there. There's not like necessarily one that's like yeah. really great versus another, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think we covered a lot of it, Yeah. right? Yeah, you guys did give a lot photos. of great information. And, well, so. and, and, and if you don't know where to start, I guess if you've gone through the process of getting these profiles, you own them, you've added your information. If you just kind of like, how do I build this out? Double back to your website. What's the authoritative message of your website, right? What are, what's the messaging and the conveying, the main, the main user experience you want to happen? Take that and repurpose it as your starting process to populate these profiles. Then look at the analytics. Is it sticking? Is it not? Can you lean more into it or do you have to pivot and make the adjustments? But I mean, this is the ongoing practice in digital marketing. We create yeah. content all the time. We launch it. Does it stick? Does it not? How do we tweak and move forward? These profiles are no different. But if you don't know where to start, go back to your website. What is your main messaging? How can you tell that story and that messaging on these profiles? Yeah, that's great. So just the last thing that I wanted to mention before we wrap up was that we do have an SEO analysis available for listeners. If you're unsure of where your local SEO stands or just need some extra eyes on your overall SEO strategy, we offer a paid SEO analysis. So SEO experts like Kevin and Dan here can do an SEO overview. They do look at your keyword performance and trends, organic traffic trends, and also provide a list of your top performing keywords. There will be a link in this episode show notes to fill out your information and someone will contact you about an SEO analysis. And Kevin and Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. I learned a ton about local SEO and I've already you know, identified a few things in my head that I wanna go and check after this episode is over. 
So thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Modern Marketing Messages. For more information about the topics discussed today, check out the description of this episode. If you like this episode, follow the podcast wherever you listen to them to stay up to date with us. While you're at it, give us a rating and share the podcast with others. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Modern Marketing Messages. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I'm Taylor Clark, and I'll be back with another Modern Marketing Message.